Lefondre looking to get caught side of Font. Lefondre away from David. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Hello and welcome to another Empire Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it's going to be another slightly depressing one. Redden Football Club serving an absolute pitiful display against Luton Town last night. A 2-0 defeat and to help me talk through it, well, I mean, there's not a hell of a lot to talk about, is there, on a Reading positive front, but Nick Holton. Hi, Nick. Hi, Paul. How are you? Uh, I've been better. But it could be worse, I guess. I guess it could be worse. I keep convincing myself of this. But I've also been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Hey, Paul. I actually don't know how much worse it could be. Um, Just... We'll probably find out over the next two years, won't we? So we'll look back at this as the glory period, won't we? Being in the championship. Yeah, I imagine so, unfortunately. <laughs> so... Nick, we go into the game. We see that George Puskas is obviously starting up front because Andy Carroll's no longer available. <sighs> that made me nervous straight away. I'll be quite frank. George Puskas is now a player that scored no goals in the championship, at least in over 20 matches. He really didn't offer much during this match, but that isn't the reason we've lost. But it's just another issue we've got. How do you think we move forward with Lucas Jow now in the upcoming games? Because we will look at the game last night in more depth. But do you think we should have started him last night or do you think it was too early? I think it was expected that Puskas would start. It would have been a huge risk to such. I think he only got a handful of minutes against Middlesbrough, 88th minute or so he came on. And uh, I felt tonight would have been a good opportunity to get him another sort of 20 to 30 minutes. And he actually got a bit more than 30 minutes, I believe, uh, maybe 35 minutes or so. Uh, but we can't rush him back. And if he does get injured, we don't sign Carroll, then you're putting a lot of pressure on an 18-year-old Jamari Clark. Or we're playing Puskas, which is a bit tried and tested. Um, Alex, I think you did a tweet last night saying playing him on his own up front just doesn't work. And you're you're right, it, it doesn't. Um, but Panic doesn't seem to want to change formation. I don't think he's brilliant in a two, but you get more out of him. And if we've got to persist with Puskas, you need to start giving him up front with... Clark or Hoylet or, or obviously if Jow is fit, Jow. Um, but going forwards, I think if he's now able to start, start him on Saturday. Um, but he needs to be getting 60, 70 minutes. I don't know if we want to push him through 90 minutes at the minute. So it's it's tough. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. It's hard to say judging on his fitness, but he the sooner the better with Jow. Yeah, I totally. Um, I don't think we should have started him last night. I just wanted to put it out there and kind of like see what the uh, debate would be. Um, on the positive news, though, Alex, Morrison was starting and looked pretty much fine, didn't he, for the whole 90 minutes? Yeah, um, I think he's only played 45 minutes of football before, well, uh, you know, semi-competitive under-23s football before to yesterday night. So um, it was good to see him starting, you know, a senior centre-back, you know, the back again and actually two centre-backs playing for the first time in what feels like ages. Um, I know we've had Scott Dan and, and Holmes, but obviously Holmes and Laurent have been kind of the, the starting two for a couple of games there. And yeah, I don't know. Did he play badly? Not really. But again, did he play that well? Not really. It's, yeah, um, it's difficult to praise them when they've lost 2-0 as defenders, but at the same time, I don't really think he did like a heck of a lot wrong uh, the entire evening, particularly. Um, I, I got to pick up on on Nick's point about Pushkas. I'm 
I'm done with George Pusquez up front. He just provides absolutely nothing completely. Like it's, it's so frustrating to watch him. Um, and the fact that we've had months and months now of, of George Puskas playing one up front on, on his own, and we've never, ever tried anything different from the start of the game is just baffling to me. We'd known Carroll was going to be out of contract in mid-January, and there was never an alternative kind of solution. It was like, well, Carroll's going to leave, and we're just going to go straight back to playing Puskas up front, who hasn't scored for literally all season in the league. Um, it's, it's almost two years since any of us have seen him score at the SCL. It's two years next month. Two years. It's ridiculous that we're still persisting with this experiment. Of Sheffield United. Uh, well, Barnsley at home is the last league goal he scored. Okay. Uh, but that's Barnsley at home in 2020. Of that's so long ago, even I was there. <laughs> <laughs> so the last time he scored in front of a fan at the SCL was before COVID. That, that's the last like, home win I've seen. I haven't seen Redden win uh, actually live. Since that game against Barnsley, I'm not blaming Puskas for all that. That would be insane. Would I'm, be just, I'm just fed up. I'm fed up with watching Puskas run. Well, I say run. I'm fed up for Puskas not offering any kind of like option, running in behind. And granted, he tries sometimes, but it, it's not enough. Like what he's doing isn't enough. I like. I feel like we'd get more out of just playing Clark up front on his own, even if the quality isn't as good. It's like so, it's. It's just so. It's dour watching Puskas. Um, and if Panovic continues to start him up front, like on his own, I really, personally, I just can't bother to watch it. I'd go home. It's pointless. Like, there's no threat. It's so blunt. Yeah, I, it's it's tough, isn't it, watching him? Uh, we've got so many players. Was it 15 players out of contract at the end of the season? Motivation issues. It's, it's so like, uh, I think Nick Nick said it's like 35 or 39, Nick, or something like that. It's, it's 40, but that's including like the academy players that are around okay. the squad and have featured. But of seniors, it probably is about 15. Yeah, I can't remember. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just half the club, isn't it, really? It's nothing yeah, really to worry about. That. It's perfectly normal. Um, it's all fine. <laughs> I'm sure, actually, every single year, lots of academy players are out of contract. Yeah, that's True. a normal situation. Mm. But moving on to the game last night, it was just a non-event for Reading. Um, Panovic talking about afterwards how we just didn't put any, like, we had any desire. There was no fight. And I'm just listening to this and thinking, yeah, but how many times do we need to hear this, Pano? I mean, it's so frustrating. But the game last night, the probably the only real chance we had in the first half was a header from Bristow, which was weak as anything, Nick, wasn't it? I mean, that's a nothing chance, isn't it? Yeah, it, it wasn't. I mean, we didn't really create anything. I mean, just talking about Pano quotes quickly, I've actually stopped listening to him. I can't be bothered with him. He just talks rubbish and he has done for a long time. Um, and I read Benji's quotes that he puts up after the, the interviews, and I say I don't listen to what he says, I just read what Benji puts up now because I just can't be bothered with it. Um, going into the chances we're creating, well, we, we're not creating. I think yesterday I found Luton quite average, and I spoke to a Luton fan after, and he said they didn't play well. And I said to him, they looked average, and he agreed. We agreed, it's you know, they, they admit they weren't very good yesterday, and it says it all that we were that bad, we still lost comfortably to them. Uh, we were building up okay at times. We had a good bit of possession. The stats, you know, they might look okay in that, that aspect. But as soon as we got near the box, we didn't have any idea. There's no direct play. There's no creativity. As Alex has touched on already, Pushkas is blunt. 
Um, the only creativity we have in that side is Swift, and he, he's not been on it for weeks now. Uh, it's worrying, and the lineup just wasn't suited. I mean, he's got to be playing Mamadi Kamara. If there's no wingers fit, he's 18, he's looked really good, really lively. Just start him and give him a go because he'll give us some direct play because we're not, we're not creating. I think an average Reading team over the last five years, like even under the Clement era, would have won that game yesterday two or three now. And it's alarming to see how poor we are and how much we've dropped. Um, but yeah, the, the Bristow header wasn't great. Um, it's pretty pretty standard to, to defend that, to keep it to save it. And that was as good as it got really in that half. Yeah, just a, a non-event. Um, I was really surprised to see from me. This is typical from managers after the match. Nathan Jones saying that his uh, team were excellent and the application was um, impressive. I thought, I mean, I, I don't know. I, mean, I understand that you've won two 0 It doesn't really matter. I did the honestly, job. Um, that looked quite easy for Lewin, really easy. Yeah. I mean, did they ever have to get out of first gear there or second gear there, Alex? Because I, I, I'm not no. convinced they did. No, it's easier to it's easier to praise your own players than it is to slag off an opponent's players, right? Um, you're never you're never going to say after a win that oh yeah we won because the other team had played that badly. So um, no, they didn't. They they were pretty much in second gear, I think, the entire match. Um, and as Nick said. The Luton fans don't think they play particularly well. They've won two 0 and frankly, it probably flatters us a little bit. Um, they, they certainly had chances. They had a disallowed goal. Southwood made a couple of saves. That that game could have easily ended up being four or five nil, and I don't really think Reading fans could have had that many complaints about it. Um, I think we had one. Apart from the Bristol head, I think we had one of a chance in the first half just after they scored, uh, with with Swift having a like pop shot from the edge of the area, which went just wide. But I mean, it, at this point, that feels like that's that's kind of the best it's got. Pop shots from the edge of the area because we don't we can't get the ball into the box. Um, and I know we, we've we've spoken a number of times about the fact that you know we don't have creativity and we struggle to like you know fashion any chances, but. Ultimately, if we can't get the ball into the box because we haven't got any players there, like what are you creating chances for? Who are you putting the chances to? Um, it's a very difficult situation. And I agree with Nick. Yeah, I think you've got to start Kamara, even if he's not that good. Um, like overall, I, and I don't think he, I, I actually think he's not going to be a bad player, but even if he's not going to offer you that much, I think you've just got to start him just for a bit of pace more than anything because it's it's so slow. It's so like the word that the word that keeps coming up whenever we're watching the games at the stadium is it's undynamic. It's it's very very just kind of stale going forwards. Um, it just looks like that they don't really have any kind of plan to fashion an attack. It just feels like I'm kind of repeating the same points we probably made the last four months watching us at home, but that's where it's kind of got to. Yeah, I think what's happened is which we've seen under probably the last two or three years, we relied on moments from players rather than playing as a team. Now those moments aren't arriving. John Swift hasn't been at the races for a good five or six weeks now, I'd say. Lucas Jow, obviously, he's only just come back. Mate, we haven't got. So those are the three players I think can really deliver. And for lots of mixed reasons, they haven't been able to do it in the last period of time. 
But if we just look at the goal that we conceded, the first one, Tom Hones with an own goal. I mean, I feel for Tom. He is reading through and through, but he's not having the best run at the moment. And I still think you cannot criticise his application. The own goal is unlucky, I think, Nick. I mean, it's one of those situations when you'll see that with defenders scoring them. If you're a Luton fan, you absolutely love that. <laughs> you haven't even had to have a shot on goal. Yeah. But I just think it's a bit... It's those things that happen that when you're down the bottom of the league. Yeah, my dad said just before the goal, it's a nil-nil game at the moment. I said, well, no, we can't keep a clean sheet. It's a one-nil defeat game. And minutes later, um, yeah, we got. I think Ashcroft got a bit exposed on the right-hand side. He had no cover with him and the ball came over. and it was, Everyone was clustered over to the to Bristow side on the left and it came over to Ashcroft on the right and he was exposed, mate. They had a run at him. And so it's not Ashcroft's fault at all. He, he had no cover there and support at the time. And the, the ball came across and Holmes just sort of, it's like he's stretching to get something on it and maybe he doesn't need to. I'm not too sure what's coming in behind him. And he just directs the ball into, into the net. And it's, un, it's unlucky and it's frustrating because Holmes isn't having the best run of games at the moment. And he's generally been quite good in the games he's played this season. But the last few weeks he struggled and he's only 21 I think people forget that because he's played over 50 games already um he's been the most senior defender out and out defender in most of the teams in the last few weeks it's only because Morrison's back he wasn't yesterday he's got a 17 year old next to him and a 19 year old just past Morrison on the left and it's a young and experienced defense I think because he's 21 um, he's not getting. He's not having good luck at the moment. I think he just needs a bit of experience next to him. And if he had maybe Yid on on the right, Babber on the left, but Morrison or Dan next to him, I think some of these mistakes will be cut out. I think it would look a lot more solid. I mean, it's, it's frustrating because Luton had one, I think, shot before that, which flew over for Cameron Jerome, maybe, and they weren't creating anything. They weren't playing well. But it's just our luck that we can't keep a clean sheet. There's just no hope, and we just go and give them an own goal and. Every team seems to get a head start. It happened at Fulham as well with Lawrence's mistake. And we're just giving teams head starts. And it's not good when we're not playing well anyway to give these teams that head start. I think it, Nick's right. As soon as we, you know, that, that that first half an hour, actually looking at it, I actually think it was fairly even. Neither team really created anything. It was just, you know, it was very turgid. Not a lot of quality from, from either side. Um, I mean... Don't get me wrong, Reading weren't playing very well in the first half an hour, but they weren't really giving anything up either to Luton. Uh, and, you know, a pretty inconspicuous cross. And watching the replay of it, it's not going anywhere. Like, it will get cleared um, if, if Holmes doesn't put his head on it. And then, unfortunately, you know, he's tried to put it out for a corner and he's stuck it in the bottom bottom, um, bottom right-hand corner of the net. It's a good finish by Holmes, isn't it? Let's, let's be honest. If it was at the other end, he would have said, Great, great diving header, but um, yeah, it's it's annoying because, as Nick says, you you're giving these teams a one goal head start pretty much every week because of an individual error and individual mistake, and often those are coming when it's nil nil because we're not we're not on the front foot in games, um, and we we like we're not. It's not that we're content at nil nil, but it's we're not aiming or we're not we haven't got the quality perhaps to go out and actually create chances of our own. So we're, we're almost defending for nil-nil from the start of the game. Um, but we haven't kept a clean sheet for, what is it, three? I think we brought this up on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, three, four months now. I think it's 17 games. September, October time. Uh, yeah. October, I think it was Barnsley at home, 2-0, two, two yeah. I want to say. 
one nil. One nil. Yeah, it's it's just months, isn't it? Like of, of not being able to keep a clean sheet. Um, and we can we can you know we can dig out the forwards all you like, but if you can't keep a clean sheet, it's going to be just as difficult um, to win games. So uh, it's a it's a difficult situation once you find yourself one nil down like that because you kind of have to try and get back into the game somehow. But as we've discussed, there isn't really a, a plan of attack. So how do you how do you go about doing that? Yeah, as that comes back to what we were saying earlier, doesn't it? There seems to be no set plan, no system, no kind of organisation there. It's all very erratic and something might happen at some point. Who knows? We might pull a surprise on Saturday and beat Huddersfield. But I mean, kind of, I look at the game against Middlesbrough from apparently we played a lot better. But then you look at the, all the games that are around that, and it's just, it's really poor. I, I don't see a team there that's ready for a fight. All it takes is Peterborough to get one win, and we are in deep, deep trouble because I'm not seeing any passion from 90% of the players, 80% of the players. There's just nothing there. And it's really quite worrying for me to watch that because. I've gone through anger, frustration, and now it's just kind of, meh, is that it? Is that all we've got? It's just apathy, isn't it now? I think um, the the thing about, we like I posted about it last night, about there's clearly a number of players who, who don't want to be here. and we, We've discussed the fact that Liam Moore has obviously been stripped of his captaincy and it seems very unlikely that he wants to be here anymore. And, I think it's it's obvious on the field that there's players who don't want to be here, right? Like, um, and it's it's not just players who are kind of out of contract in the summer. It's 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 some of the loan signings as well. They just they don't offer anything. There's no. It's almost as if there's no kind of like professional pride in in what they're doing on the field. Um, I, I find it bizarre that you can put in the performances that some of them are putting in, and you know, accept that as a, like, as a professional, if, if any of us went to work, you know, on a full-time basis and, and put in that kind of level of effort and level of, not commitment, but level of kind of just apatheticness, you know, at your own job, you'd be, you'd, you'd be put on a warning and you'd probably end up fired. Yet for some reason at Reading, it's like these players have been doing this for months now and there's no change in them. There's no, there's no drive to improve in, in terms of their kind of levels of effort and, and performance. It's not a case of, and that's, that's the difference, I guess, with some of the players, like with Ashcroft and Bristow, I think there's a bit more of an acceptance from fans that it's not a case of lack of effort and lack of, lack of uh, trying. It's you're in a position where they're, they're being thrown into thrown in at the deep end and they probably don't have the quality with some of the players. It's a completely different scenario though. Um, you know, I I wasn't going to dig anyone out, but Danny Drinkwater is he's crap. Like, how is he still in the team? If if the if we didn't have an injury crisis, there's no way he'd be in this team. He hasn't offered anything for months, and yet he starts every week because there's nothing else there. Um, you know, there's there's other names that could, you can definitely mention, and it's it's just frustrating to watch some of them because it's you know that they they're they're, they're earning thousands. They're, they're not going to be here in six months' time. And clearly, some of them just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, I can't argue with any of that, really. I just really poor from so many players. I've got to say, I totally agree on Bristow and Ashcroft. I mean, I feel for them because 
they are playing above the level, which they really should be at the moment. Uh, and that's really difficult for them. And I don't think they stopped trying last night, those two in particular. I think they gave everything that they had. I don't but even think either of them had a particularly. Are I, I don't even yeah. think either of them had a particularly bad game last night. No, time. no, I don't think so. I don't um, think they were terrible or anything. No better than worse than anyone else on the pitch. But yeah. I think we should move on to the second goal now, uh, Nick. Um, another mistake there, which leads to a goal from Josh Laurent, and then we get caught out again. Tom Holmes slightly asleep at the kind of like near post, isn't it? From Campbell finishing. Yeah, this is something that seems to happen a lot. We lose it around the edge of our own area, just trying to pass it out. We don't have the quality of players to do that. And uh, there's only a couple of players who are probably comfortable on the ball in that sort of position. Uh, not not many. Maybe Swift and Drinkwater, but they, they try too many risks. Uh, but, you know, Lauren and Rhino, they're not the best on the ball. Uh, the defender, you know, Morrison's not the best on the ball. And we're just trying to pass it out from the back. And it's, it's just not working. We're 1-0 down and you're just pissing around with the ball, we're losing it, and then we're conceding a goal, or or teams are getting a bit of motivation from it, a bit of momentum from it, and they'll score following that and just start hammering at our goal. Um, sloppy from Laurent, sloppy, and then they just walked through us. I don't understand, even when he lost it, we still had enough players behind the ball to recover that and stop them breaking through. And I think it was a combination of Morrison, Bristow and Laurent after that, where they would just sort of strolled through and... I feel sorry for Southwood because he's he's in goal and he can't do anything about that. It's just you might as well not have it. It might as well be an open goal. It's just Southwood's just been left completely exposed by his defence. It's, it's it's really pathetic to be honest. It's just a flat performance, flat goal to concede. And Jow's just coming on, just coming on, and just hold out for five minutes. Bring Jow on one nil down, and we can try and build from there and get back in the game. 2-0 down, it's game over. And now we're just getting Joe on for some minutes and to see what we can do. But there's, I think we all knew the game was dead when that second goal went in. It was a nice goal, just awful, awful defending. Sunday league. Yeah, I thought it was dead, Nick. And I think you probably did as well now when it was 1-0. <laughs> I think we all kind of knew that, really, didn't we? We yeah. tried to be a bit positive. In a kind of like, we want to believe that we can get back to it or we get a little bit of luck. Something goes for us, but I never really thought it was going to happen. But Lucas Jow comes on, looked pretty sharp, if you ask me. He looked okay for half an hour. Definitely a presence, a step up in quality. Everybody knows that. Uh, Jamari Clark came on as well. I thought he looked okay. We had Kamara. I think all those players, I mean, are you going to be brave, Alex, and start all of those three players against Huddersfield on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I put it in our group chat earlier and you know, I said, you, for me, you'd start Jow and Clark up front together. Clark, um, Kamara out wide. If you're going to play wide, personally, I would just ditch the wide players. It's not offering anything because we're playing central midfielders out wide anyway, so what's the point? Um, but if you're going to play wide players, play Kamara, play Jow and Clark up front. Because actually, once they came on and were playing together up front yesterday, yes, Luton were giving us space because they were 2 new up. But I could at least understand what we were trying to do uh, to get the ball forwards. It was a lot of like Zhao and Clark trying to run the channels in behind the defence and, you know, balls coming from deep towards them. Um, there wasn't this, it was, it wasn't good build up play, but at least I could understand what the kind of the, uh, the plan was to move the ball forwards. Um, whereas beforehand, it just felt like we were just, you know, passing the ball up and kind of hoping for the best almost. Um, 
So yeah, I would start all three of them on Saturday. Um, I'd probably try and if it, it, you know in any scenario move Renamota back into the centre because as soon as he's up, it happened at Middlesbrough as well. As soon as he moved back into the centre, we looked so much just a much better side um, with him in the centre rather than him out wide. I I just can't understand the logic of him playing out wide at all. Um, so I, I would put Renamota back in the centre, bring Kamara in, start Zhao and Clark up front. Would you be happy with those changes, Nick, or would you make some different ones? I can't complain uh, with what Alex has said, to be honest. Joe, as long as he's fit to start, has to come in. Um, I'm not against Puska starting in the two, but, I mean, Alex touched on this. He's done with me. I was done with him a long time ago, to be honest. Um, Kamara has to start if none of the wingers are fit. He has to start. He has to direct. He gives us something. We can't afford another home defeat. It's, it's been going on for months. And even when we look like we're going to fairly comfortable like the whole game mistake and we can't kill him off and it's one all um hopefully Babra and uh Yid on my back because there's a big issue at fullback uh, I don't think we would have lost that game to Middlesbrough with those two in position I don't think we would have lost 7-0 with those two and I think last night may have been a different outcome I think that's a, that's a it's a big issue we just don't have the cover there unfortunately um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I think we do need to at least start. If Jow's not fit to start, start Clark on his own up front, maybe, or with Pushkas. But you can't the, start the, on his own. The, the most frustrating thing about the the, the, the situation with Yedum and, and Drama being out currently at Afghan, although they've been locked out now, um, the club have known about it for six months yeah. that this is going to happen. And I get that there's an injury, injury crisis at the club and they haven't really got the, the backup. But it's almost as if you, you like we know that we haven't got any other left back at the club except for for Babaraman. Um, you know, since pretty much since McIntyre got injured in August, yeah, we haven't managed to come up with any any kind of solution, which is really acceptable. Um, and in again, yes, Bruce is trying and he's doing maybe okay, as I don't know, maybe okay is a little harsh, but. It, it, it's it's another kind of thing. I think Matt said it on Saturday after the uh, Sunday after the Middlesbrough game. Is uh, it's kind of on. It's kind of fall, all falls back to to die young and squad building, doesn't it? You, you can't bring any. Down. It all st- yeah. It all stems back for, to that. Yeah. You can't you can't build a squad because you haven't got the you haven't got the resources available to you now to go out and sign a, a cover for left back or a cover for right back um, who are actually capable of playing at this level. Yeah, it's hard to discuss a fix because there's so many issues from Die down. And it's not just to Pano, it's between Die and Pano and it's after Pano with the player contracts. And like you touched on with the the fact that some of them just don't care at the minute, they're not going to be here. It's, it's not good. And I just want to see at least some fight from the players. And you, maybe every couple of games you get a little bit, but it's just one every three games. And it's like, that's not enough. You, you look at Derby, they don't have an injury crisis, but their squad's thinner than ours. So it's similar with an injury crisis. So what's our excuse if we if Derby can cope and fight and get these results? And I mean, they're they're going to come above us at this rate, which is embarrassing. Um, they're only above Barnsley. It's we, that's how I'm comparing Reading at the minute. I'm looking at Barnsley and at Derby, sorry, and uh, it's just unacceptable. There's just no excuse for it. You just got to deal with what you've got and set the team up properly and go from there. 
Yeah, I I totally agree on that. I've got to ask the question on Twitter earlier, Alex did anyway. Is this the most worrying time supporting Reading FC that you've seen? And for me, I would say it's hard to think of a worse time because if I thought it was just on the pitch, you can sort it. You know, you can slowly get through that. If I thought it was just a manager, it would be okay. You can change that. But fundamentally, we've got an owner who's misdirecting everything. We talk about this in far more depth in a podcast that we recorded last week in um, last week called WTF um, uh, is going on at Redden Football Club. Nobody knows, really. But um, check that out. But if we did have less of an issue with the owners, the structure, there isn't any structure, it appears to be. On transfers, we can talk about Kia. All those things make it really toxic. And if anyone was to come in and take over at Reading, there's not a lot left. I mean, it's a real, real massive worry. And we could suddenly plunge. Now, hopefully that doesn't happen. That's the ideal scenario. Everything sorts it out. Die Young suddenly has a brainwave. Oh, hello. This is not a good idea. I've wasted £150 million here. This might be moving in the wrong direction. But Nick... Can you think of a worse time and a more worrying time than this one? Just genuinely looking at the whole club as a whole. Uh, previous to, to myself watching, it would have been the Tens Valley Roars, Robert Maxwell era. Um, I started watching in 98 uh, when Tommy Burns was in charge. I was young and, I mean, results weren't great, but it, it, I don't think it was quite as bad as this. And then since then, it's just been an upward trajectory from there. Uh, with Pards and Coppel and just gone from there. Maybe Rogers' era didn't work out. But even when Rogers wasn't doing well, we were in transition. We weren't in such jeopardy. It was like we can sort ourselves out. And even if we get relegated, we're at least stable in, in League One. Whereas now, it, it just feels like we're on an express train to League Two. That's I think with the contracts running out, the embargo, if we get relegated, we're going to struggle in League One. We will struggle. And there's some good sides in League One. We might just about sort ourselves out, but I wouldn't be surprised if this in League Two by the time the embargo is finished. Um, so in my time supporting Reading, this is the worst it's been and the most worrying it's been. And I don't think we're anywhere near finished in this era. I think if we can scrape survival this year and next year, then we've done a bloody good job in doing it and sorting ourselves out to then push on again. Um, but until Dai sorts the structure out, gets rid of Kia, puts proper people in place, it's not going to get better. Um, yeah, we can change for manager. I won't fix everything, but it can help us in the short term. But in the long term, a lot needs to be done and needs to be done soon. Um, but yeah, in recent times, and in my time watching Reading, it's never been so bad. No, it's, the Thames Valley role obviously is a great um, uh, shout there. I mean, I can't remember that. Even I can't remember it. They're my kind of like dinosaur age. I can't even remember that one. But Alex... Can you think of a more worrying time at the moment than kind of supporting Reading Football Club? Because it's not looking great, is it? Not really. No, I can't can't think of any. Um, I mean, Adam Lafondra being sold to pay off a tax bill. Without without that happening, we go into administration. Um, but even then, like at least we had players to be able to sell to pay off a tax bill. Now it's like, who do we even, what would we even do if that kind of scenario comes up? Like, it's not like you can sell the stadium anymore because we don't own it. It's not like you can sell the training ground. We don't own it. There's, there's nothing left. It's, um, yeah, it's not, not just, there's, 
I hear, I can't think of anything worse at the minute. Yeah, wow. Let's try to move on to something more positive here. Yeah, it's another home match, and we're absolutely fantastic, aren't we, at home? We've got Huddersfield on Saturday. Quick prediction there, Nick. How do you think that one's going to go? And I'm already dreading this. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I, I try to be balanced with good pros and cons. I just can't be at the minute. I just don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, based on yesterday, we'll, we'll lose 2-0. I think it was uh, Sorba Thomas. I think he destroyed us a few months ago. I'm just not looking forward to that if, if we have Bristol and Ashcroft on the pitch. No offence. Um, but yeah, I think we'll probably lose 2-0 at this moment in time. Hopefully I'm wrong. What are you going to say then, Alex? Um, uh, something I meant to say earlier was Adebayo for um, Luton was a real Very good in the arse yeah. last night. He looked pretty good. good. Yeah. Very good player. Yeah. Um, I'll say if Panovic picks the team that I've just suggested, we're going to get a wild draw. <laughs> But I don't trust him to pick that team, so I think we're going to lose 3-0. I like the way that you've kind of like taken responsibility off your prediction there. <laughs> That's very well done, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, if uh, thanks a lot for joining us. If you enjoy the podcast and enjoyed all the ones we've done recently, check them out because uh, there's lots of like in-depth discussion on the issues at Reading Football Club, and there is a lot. Subscribe on your different platforms and let us know what you think of us. So uh, we'll be back with a preview tomorrow with Matt Williamson hosting, and we'll be back at the weekend, and we might have a little bonus podcast as well in between. Cheers. Thanks for listening.